Hello again. There he is. <laughs> there we go. Hello. Now we're just missing Brent. I think he'll show up again. That's a good one. Hey, there he is. <laughs> all right. We are all here now. Cool. Um, how are we doing tonight, boys? Doing good, Brent. Fantastic. Uh, welcome to the BT Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Brent Perry. Hello. Josh Krugner. Yeah. And our, uh, for lack of a better term, regular special guest, Brendan Krause. <laughs> hello, hello. Okay, before we get going, <laughs> Enoch Shook, do you still have a roof? <laughs> you're like, I'm not Indian, you idiot, I'm from Africa. I don't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting two years to actually say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so our uh, the purpose of this recording is to get back back issues series, which we haven't done in a while. Um, this time on Teen Titans, New Teen Titans, the Judas Contract. Um, so I guess we can start with uh, how did everybody first come to, I guess either the Titans or this story in particular. Well, for me, it was the same way that most of the older comics came into my life. As my uncles used to collect, one's 10 years older than me, one's 20 years older than me. So there was a big box by the time I hit the age that I started reading stuff. It was all there. like, And that was one of the best runs in comics. So it's once I got old enough to actually like buy shit myself, I went for a bunch of back issues of that that I could find. Cool. Brendan? Um, I first discovered Teen Titans through the 2000s animated show. And then from there, I was collecting. Jeff Johns' Teen Titans was in full swing. Then you know, a couple of years later, eventually went back to read what everyone said was the best run. And uh, yeah, that was how I read New Teen Titans for the first time. Josh? As my uncle was uh, following the Titans and took me to the comic store, I remember seeing the first issue was the one where Dick and Wally quit and I was like you know I, I knew vaguely who Robin was who Flash was at that point and I was like oh this looks cool and then I started reading comics and I was like yeah I want to read those and never stop hmm. and for me I'm I'm probably the least experienced DC person in this group um, I basically started with New 52 uh but I did, you know, I think we had thrown around the idea of doing this a while ago. And uh, that led me to read the, or I thought you could just read the, like, three or four issues that this story actually was. But, Josh, you were like, it won't make any sense if you read, if you don't read up to 40 first. So, and, I mean, you know, I'm glad I said that because it's true. Yeah, no, it really was. And I ended up doing that. And it's really the only uh, 80s comic I've read like consecutively because when I was you know I was 8, 9, 10 in the 80s and it was more like I wasn't getting I was buying comics but I wasn't getting them like continuously because it was what my father could go get from a convenience store you know and uh, I actually do I think I did have the um, I think it was issue 36 of this one that has the 
cover with all the shining and the rain and lightning and the, the like shadow of thunder and lightning in the background. Because mm-hmm. I recognized that cover when I was just seeing it. But uh, yeah, I did really like this whole run. I'm actually gonna keep going from this. I haven't gone back to it yet, but. A uh, bit of a weird non sequitur here, but like if if you dug that run of Titans, uh, you should do Claremont's classic X Men run. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. definitely the Marvel equivalent. I guess I have a lot of that, but I haven't actually read it. Yeah, no. If you if you like the writing on this, that's that's pretty comparative for the time. Like, mm-hmm. cool. So I mean, is there any like kind of background that you think the audience would need, not having? You know, knowing sort of how we've approached the other one of these. Yeah. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, the Teen Titans, a.k.a. the Junior Justice League, was the 1950s into the 60s when they wanted everybody to have, you know, teenage sidekicks and uh, animals. Uh, it was, you had Robin, you had Speedy, you had Aqualad and Wonder Girl form a team. And uh, they stopped Mr. Twister in Mariner Bay. And uh, he, he didn't want, want to send Rock and Roll from the town. And it ended up being like the biggest selling thing with teens and young kids ever. And they're like, all right, let's keep doing this. And then as the decades went on, the kids grew up. And then all of a sudden, we're into the late 70s, early 80s. But it was still a little bit campy. You know, the, the Bronze Age kind of gets into, it gets a little bit more mature and serious, but not so, so much. Mm-hmm. Then you have a much older Dick Grayson. He's in college now. They start drawing him different. He looks like a man. And, he really um, likes disco. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, it starts off with, it's basically like a dream or a premonition and he has all these memories of the Titans, but he's never actually met any of them yet, except for his former teammates, which would be Donna and Wally. And you know, they bring in all the other ones. And then you find out that it's, it's basically a, a training premonition from Raven. And she's preparing for the coming of this great evil Trigon who ends up being her father. Uh, but it's really just the, the team building, the camaraderie, the different power sets all working together. I mean, there's some of the most, fleshed out characters with the best personalities in mm-hmm. love comics, I would say. And they used to do what I used to love in Claremont's X-Men, where like the start of an issue will just be them playing a game of baseball out in the front yard. Yes. Like, yeah, definitely. Something so simple and mundane that like actual people do. Definitely. You have, you know, interpersonal relationships, like the um I don't know if you went at all past Judas contract, but like the very next issue is uh Dick going to um, what's his face's bachelor party when he's about to marry Donna? Terry. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And like, there's there's like a, a stripper named like Candy Lane who jumps out of a cake and like half the book is just them dealing with this crazy stripper. With characters like the Mad Mod around that time, Candy Lane sounds like it could have been a villain. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I was just really impressed by this. It has like a, and maybe that's I think. You know, a big part of that might just be 80s comics in general that I'm not really all that familiar with because uh, I really started reading in the 90s most of it. Um, but it just seemed like a level of character development that doesn't exist in the stuff they do now. I mean, I think some of it has to do with they're counting on the people that read the stuff now to kind of already know who these characters are from like other media. 
they don't have to waste time doing that kind of stuff. And it's absolutely. Yeah. Um, for sure. One thing that I definitely picked up on going back through this, you know, you don't see it anymore. Like they used to make like what looked like a, a world that you could live in. And now it's just like, you know, it's always just a bright sunny day and there's, you know, no, no graffiti, no nothing. You have like, you know, Dick is like living in like this little shitty apartment it's starting to snow. He doesn't have a jacket. He has this new leather jacket that he ends up having to trash, and he's bitching about it. I mean, like, you don't see that anymore. No. Yeah. And that's what I meant when I said, like, the X-Men used to start off with something so mundane and average that, like, yeah, it was Titans was the same way. Like, it, you'd start off slow, and you'd actually have time to build into a crazy fucking story that involves aliens and shit, right? Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's like this opens up with, what is it, uh, Starfire and... Starfire and Donna doing like a photo shoot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So to uh, set the stage for for this one, you know, they formed a group. They've gone up against Trigon. They've gone up against the Hive. Uh, their main adversary is Deathstroke, who at the time was still being called the Terminator, and um, he blames them for the death of his son Grant in issue two, two. and that just kind of keeps coming back around. Um, so they, they're kind of at the point where they've got some downtime. They've got a couple new members, and their newest member is uh, Tara Markov, the half sister of Geoforce. Who, if you don't know Geoforce, nobody knows who the fuck that is anyway. So it's okay. <laughs> hey, you leave the Prince of Markovia alone, man. man the outsider, baby. <laughs> I actually had read some of that prior to this, and. Uh, had no idea that he was related to her until he showed up in this. Well, I mean, you know, neither does he when he says it. You... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> true. It's, I love how, like, Slade's whole fucking, whole, his whole deal is like, I'm going to get revenge for my son, even though, like, he thinks one of his sons is already dead because he doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Yeah. Was this the first appearance of Deathstroke, even though they don't call him that yet. Uh, issue, uh, t- yeah, issue, issue two. two would have been, yeah, right. Yep. So this this series would have been where he first showed up. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know he's a pretty big deal now, but uh, you know. Oh yeah, he just walks in like I'm gonna fuck everything up, and he does. So it's it's one of the few characters from that era that actually did stick the landing right away. Like, yep. yeah, he blames them for Grant's death, even though it's totally Hive's fault. But whatever. <laughs> Well, the best part is, like, you know, he, he's full of shit because he's saying he's continuing the contract so he can get paid. But then he finds out that the way they paid Grant was with powers. Was <laughs> yeah. Powers. He's like, well, they killed him. Fuck you. Yeah. Now, so. I know this story is, you know, largely revered by a lot of people just because, you know, it, I got the sense it was kind of like formative for a lot of the way a lot of the stuff after it would be maybe would even be written. I had a hang-up with it in the sense of, like, I mean, we're just going to come out and say it, right? Because most people that are probably listening to this probably already know this. I mean, Tara is... Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it, yeah. Tara it's been adapted is, so many times, yeah. I don't think you can spoil anything. Right, so, yeah. so she's basically working with Deathstroke to, like, betray them from the inside, right? Mm-hmm. My hang, yep. my hang-up with that is... Well, he was working from the inside. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My my hang up was like the way she was written. She's pretty much an all out jerk off the entire time. So it's like, I mean, yeah. she's a psychopath pretty yeah, much from so the like, start. Yeah. So like, I never felt like 
I read it, you know, and obviously if I had read it the age I was when it was published, it would have absolutely blown my mind. But at 43, I'm reading it going, yeah, but she's an asshole. Like, why are they surprised? So you're absolutely right. There's there's two things there. Um, the first is, this is a story that, having just read the full thing again, um, I would say it, it holds up in terms of, you know, it's as good as people say it is. Uh, it does not hold up anywhere near as well as something like... Um, dark phoenix oh, no. and both of them like people remember the big spots at the end mm-hmm. they don't really remember what happens throughout there's a lot of uh you know heavy heavy dialogue a lot of downtime some of it's really one note doesn't make sense and what i will say is having gone through claremont's x-men and now this again um the relationships of the characters the way they're written and the way that they relate to one another even through dialogue is for the most part good but the dialogue of just, you know, the villains and, like, even the Titans when they're, like, sounding off trying to be Spider-Man, man, some of that is painful to read now. Yeah. Anytime Terra and, and Slater, uh, like, talking to each other, I'm just like, oh, this, this yeah. is not aged well. Yes. Some of that gets really fucking cringy. Yeah. But, Which um, later adaptations actually do a way better job of, like, making Terra more sympathetic and then oh, making Slade yeah, less can, creepy. We can, we yeah. can get into so, that, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I managed to go through a, probably half of that video, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this. I did watch that, but we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, John, to your point, you're absolutely right. This was a time when you didn't really see people die much in comics, and you didn't really see, like, the big heel turns. Don uh, Hall so says hello. Fact, <laughs> the, the fact that they did this, like, people were like, oh, shit. They, they went that far, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I already knew it. I, you know, I knew what this story was, and I had seen the crappy animated one that came out a couple years ago, too. So, like, mm-hmm. I was already familiar with with what the story was. But to me, a lot of times, and I, you know, I've always sort of imp- applied the same logic to, like, watching professional wrestling. Like, I'm way more, I'm way more interested in how they get to a point rather than what the point itself actually is. Yeah, the twist isn't so much a twist, but you'd want to see how it goes from there. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was my whole thing. It's like, I get, and because of it, I sort of like I boiled it down to like, the most basic level. Like, I know probably if I'd read it at like 10 or 11 when it was published or whatever age I would have been at that point, I feel like I would have. Um, you know, probably sympathize more with Gar Logan, where he's somewhere between like wanting to bang her and like just kind of like feeling bad for her. And maybe if I had read it at that time, I might have actually gone that way. But looking at it, pushing 45 years old, I'm like, okay, but they're kind of idiots because she's a dick. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They definitely have um, the evil arrow pointed at her when you reread it after knowing the twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty obvious. It's a little bit usual yeah. suspects in that well, way. And, like, and you know from when she first joined the Titans, because um, yep. she joins them right after they fight Slade, I think in, what is it, issue like 33? And the end of that issue, you see her meeting with him. And like, yeah, I mean, they right. straight up say, oh, so you're going to infiltrate them. So in that sense, you know, I mean... You just reading the whole time doing the Austin Powers moly 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 yeah. thing. Yeah, it's so interesting to me how this is 
widely regarded as, you know, it is the most well-known Teen Titans storyline. Kind of to what Josh said, like, it's good, but, like, I would argue there's definitely some better stories in the new Teen Titans. Um, like, oh, Dark yeah, Phoenix, definitely. like, most people would agree that's the best X-Men story ever. Easily. And, and this, I, I would I'd say it's probably the most well-known because, one, you get Nightwing for the first time and you get Deathstroke's backstory. I feel like if maybe you yep. took those two things out, it's not as well-remembered. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so, I've, uh, I heard Marv Wolfman talk about it. Even he is like, he seems almost a little confused on like why this is the most well-known one. Cause like Terror of Trigon, I'd argue that's like possibly the best one and also just better than yeah, this one. Solid. Yeah. Um, well, there was a good like three and a half year run on that fucking comic that you can't go wrong with. So it's, this was just what capped it off more or less or what started it off. I should say. Yeah. So you're you're definitely too young to remember this. Um, I'm pretty sure that Brent will. Um, yeah, I still have a few of them, but like they didn't really do the you know the trade thing like they do now, where every six issues just becomes a trade. Mm-hmm. They would only do it for like major major events. Mm-hmm. But by the time it took off, it was major shit like Death of Superman. Mm-hmm. When they started in like the very very late '80s, early '90s. They started with shit like Judas Contract and um, Frank Miller's solo Wolverine uh, series. Legion of Superheroes, like The Curse and uh, Great Darkness Saga. And like, you know, this obscure shit contained to the title, but I guess it was just, it had come out. It was like an event, it was a crossover, and uh, it had enough traction. They're like, yeah, we can reprint this. Why not? I remember one of the earliest ones that I can think of from Marvel was uh, the Black Border fucking uh, Frank Miller Wolverine series. God, God loves man kills or the Wolverine. The Wolverine one. one. Well, they also Marvel yeah. also had a bunch of uh, graphic novel stuff that wasn't published elsewhere. Like the death of Captain Marvel was one of those, and that Emperor that's that Emperor Doom thing was one of those. Yeah, yeah. Marvel had a series called Marvel Graphic Novel, and uh, that's basically what they all were, and they were those Black Border mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, but like it, and they're basically like oversized one shots. But yeah, yeah, it's. It was the, it was the precursor to trade paperbacks, like yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is one that like you know they've reprinted millions of times yeah. over the years. I remember some of the old covers. Um, you know, I have the uh, I had the, the big omnis. I ended up flipping those because we didn't have the space and they're just enormous. But I have the soft cover trades, and this is all the way in seven. volume seven. Yeah. seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned uh, X-Men. I always find it fascinating to compare this one to Uncanny, which, I mean, you know, they're going on for a lot of the same time. Both, I would say, are the best comics of their respective companies at the same time. And for me, I understand why most people would pick Uncanny. And I'd agree Claremont's a better writer, but uh, I've always liked the Teen Titans and Morris characters. And I like their interpersonal work. Oh, same, absolutely. Because, like, yeah, rereading Uncanny, I would definitely say, like, in terms of, you know, structuring a story and stuff, Claremont's better. Yeah. I feel like the the downfall of the X-Men, as good as that stuff is, like, the the negative part of a lot of that at that point is, like, it's all the same kind of angst. Like, because it's all just, like, different characters just going, I'm a mutant and everyone hates me, meh. Yeah, kind of, but not not as bad as what, like, the 90s did. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely oh, yeah. bad. Yeah, no, in the, in the 70s and the 80s, it's more like, you know, 
almost like they're normal people, and then Wolverine is there, and he's like this weird homeless guy, <laughs> pretty much. Um, but yeah. So speaking of the X Men, you know, I was thinking like it, it doesn't feel like a, a Dark Phoenix. It feels more like the um, introduction of the Phoenix, basically, like issues like you know, hundred, hundred, two, hundred, three of Uncanny where you're, you're meeting the new team and, you know, even though we've met these Titans already, if you've been reading the run and um, you, you get a feel for who's who, they've all been like taken out off panel and Dick is basically trying to fill in the blanks as to what happened. And you find out he's already in a relationship with Corey. And um, I, the, the way that they write her and Donna and Donna and Vic, I mean like that alone is as good as, Wolverine and Colossus. Two of my favorite know. moments in this are when Vic is wearing the fucking leisure suit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's yes. just like, do you remember when they used to just put clothes on him? Like, yep. <laughs> and then when fucking like the big fucking the big moment when Dick and Jericho first show back up to like help everybody out, and they look like uh, every time I see that panel, all I can think is the two wild and crazy guys from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of similar. Yeah. Well, there's just, they're all 70s dead up. Like, Jericho's got, like, the best fucking sideburns in comics. He's wearing, like, you know, the fucking Technicolor. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And, uh, no. Dick is like, you know, this is his first appearance as Nightwing, and he's just like, I'm Nightwing. Now, I oh, have yeah, to ask, out of personal interest, and I was completely unaware of the character of Jericho at this point. Was he the first, mm-hmm. uh, outside of Daredevil, obviously, but was... Was he the first, like, major character with a disability where they actually had to deal with it instead of, like, you know, Matt Murdock is blind, but he has all this other shit that basically makes him not blind for all intents? Um, well, I mean, uh, the earliest ones. I don't know if he was one of the... I mean, Charles... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and even Jericho, I mean, he has the Matt Murdock stuff. I mean, he can take over someone else and talk via them. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. thought it was interesting that, like, they actually had to like, kind of learn sign language to deal with him. Yeah, because Night- Nightwing signs with him, right? It's, yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Going off what you said, Josh, there, I think this one, it works because it really works if you've read the first 40 issues. Like, you see they're all, mm-hmm. they've all definitely progressed from where they were in issue one. You know, mm-hmm. Donna's engaged. Uh, Dick's kind of uh, on his own, becoming his own person. Corey's finally a, like more accepting of her place and being on a foreign planet. Vic's overcome a lot of the anger issues and stuff. Stuff along those lines. Raven at that well, point we, we was get, like Vic fucking ice skating with Sarah, and then he just falls <laughs> on the ice, and he's like, you know, "Help me up, fucker!" <laughs> Even Raven at that point—that was after the first Trigon battle, so she was actually like more human-ish. Yeah, definitely. She had feelings, and she yeah. was allowed to like use her feelings once in a while, and that's why, like, when she she ends up feeling betrayed by terror, it fucking yeah, it actually hits pretty good because it's like, oh wow, that's actual shit that could happen. Well, I just love how like you you can tell that Raven just has so much shit going on on her mind, and then you can tell that Terra doesn't even care mm-hmm. at that point. She just calls her out, and she's like, you know you don't trust me. What do you think? I'm a spy. And she's like, I don't know if you're a spy. You're evil. I'm evil. Trigon's evil. The world's what are you going to do? And then Terrence is like, okay, <laughs> see ya. Yeah, they do kind of end that with like a, what are you going to do in the comics? Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. 
I was actually really impressed also by the by the Gar Logan character. I'd never really read anything with him in it, and except oh, except for I mean, I guess they did a recent thing at the at the beginning of Rebirth with him in a, on a Justice League team, but it wasn't much. And uh, I just you know my only reference for him is that weird ass uh, kids cartoon on Cartoon Network. And yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. I was really interested by that character. Like, I know, you know, I was, I had no idea that he had had ties to the Doom Patrol prior to that, um, mm-hmm. any of that. And oh, yeah. Check out the 60s yeah. Doom Patrol. It is like one of the best DC comics from the Silver Age. Yeah, I'll have to a lot of people say it, it's basically like a Marvel comic, like written like one, and it, it totally is. Like, it reads like, um, it reads like, like early Fantastic Four. Yeah, it reads like Fantastic Four yeah, X Men type with just the soap opera drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Beast Boy's great in that whenever he hmm. appears. Uh, Be- so speaking of uh, of Gar later on, I'm not 100% sure it's Jeff Johns because it's not in the main book and I don't have him in front of me. I'm not going to pull him out. Uh, Blackest Night Titans. You know, obviously Blackest Night, all the people yep. come back as, as zombies. There is a return of Tara, and she's got a few scenes with Gar, and man, oh, they wow. fucking nail it. Yeah, those are good. And another good Teen Titans one is uh, Donna has to deal with Terry and their dead son. And she, I remember she has to like, yep, yep. snap her dead son's neck, and it's like, whoa. Yep. Wait, she and yep. Terry yeah. have a kid? Like pretty Terry, had a kid with, Terry had a kid with his first wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Oh, wow. Just keep reading. <laughs> oh, I, I will. <laughs> yeah, they, they I was definitely waiting take on going, some, I was uh, waiting on going further with it until we recorded this, but I definitely will. Very long, aka. Uh, oh yeah, this. this <laughs> yeah, this isn't the end of where. This isn't the end of the Good Titans run, man. Yeah, yeah I like you. You've still got quite a ways yeah. to go where you're going to be like, this is oh, solid. Yeah, yeah, reading. Yep, I almost mm-hmm. felt like that the actual story of the Judas contract was not like the, as I said earlier, like the, the road to the point is more interesting than the point itself. Like I almost felt like with the way that I view that, like that story was almost more for like, what is the after effect of this going to be? And like, what is this going to, what is this going to do? Oh, again? Sure, yeah, like, no. You know, it's, it, it's more so, how does this affect the characters than it is just to set up another plot point next. Like, yeah. And, uh, you know, this skyrockets lead in popularity so much mm-hmm. that he gets yeah. his own series. He's had a couple. And so much that Marvel were like, hey, let's just rip that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, that's when he was created. That's basically what Fabian Nassiza fucking did. Was he said, "Well, I tried to make him as fucking as Deathstroke as I could because yeah. he was popular at the time." I feel like he's supposed to be a cross between Deathstroke and Lobo, but yeah, yeah. Well, well I, life, you know, that kind of evolved as it went. No, no influence from Deathstroke. Oh, not at all. No. <laughs> yeah, but according to Liefeld, Youngblood is all completely <laughs> original. Cool. It's they're all just Cable, Wolverine, and yeah. Shatterstar. Yeah, aside from yeah. Uh, his uh, questionable relationship with Tara Slade is uh, so good in this. Yeah, like, uh, the opening few pages where uh, he's taking the pictures of them, and 
you know, Wolfman does a great yep. job of establishing, okay, this is a real threat that not only can seemingly match them, but he knows the secrets. Like, he knows, you know, Dick Grayson is Nightwing, he, like, where they all live and stuff. So, such good storytelling. Well, that's just it. Like, he didn't just beat them physically. Like, he fucked with their heads, like, more than any other character did. And that's that's usually he, always the best never, way to write a villain. And, like, even while he's fighting Dick, he's, like, you know, outwardly trying not to kill him. He's hoping that Terra doesn't snap and kill him because he just has nothing but respect for him. And, like, you know, here he is leading this team. He doesn't have any powers. Yeah. He's the best one. Yeah, the way he takes them all out is really good. I would say minus Cyborg, who... <laughs> the way he takes out Cyborg relies on, like, such big plot convenience. Big plot <laughs> Yeah. It, well, it, it relies entirely on one good article. Yeah, and then him sitting in a very specific <laughs> chair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did think yeah. that one was a little silly. Like, all yeah, the- I just watched the uh, Judas Contract movie, and they totally do the same thing with, uh, who is it, Blue Beetle. <laughs> Blue Beetle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's right, because that, that had the uh, the Titans team from the, that like connected universe thing that they were trying to do in those mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, it had Damien. Yep. There was someone else that was different. It was like Damien, the Beetle, um, Starfire, Starfire, Beast Boy, Nightwing, Terra, and Raven. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and they they teased uh, Wonder Girl at the end. Uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, this this was a great read. Like, I think I read the whole thing in like a week or two just because. Every free minute I had, I was like, this is great. Yeah, it's a solid series. I mean, Wolfman's one of the best writers in his, when he's on it. And George Perez, I'd say he's like, for me, like top three comic, favorite comic book artists of all time. He's just, I can read his art all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well. What else? Uh, you mentioned the animated adaptation. Oh yeah, the movie, which I just watched it today. I honestly can't say I hated it. I thought it was. I mean, it's really not that similar to this story, but in isolation, I think it's a it's a whatever one off. But uh, I don't know if this is considered a hot take, but I will absolutely argue the 2000s Teen Titans animated show, which is. A fantastic show absolutely did this storyline better, especially and specifically the the character of Tara is a hundred times yeah. better in that animated show than the comic. Um, like I I remember that was like watching that week to week as it was coming out, and it was like, you know, I was a kid, so I was like, this is such incredible storytelling, like just the emotion of it all, and yeah, that's one thing I think that animated. That second season of Teen Titans did it absolutely better than the comic did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, it's because, like you said, like they did make Tara an actual like sympathetic character. They put a twist on the end of it that actually made her. It made her way more likable. Yeah, it plays. I would say it almost plays more yeah. like we had mentioned Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, and like it's a, it's a very tragic story for Tara and how she, how she dies quote unquote at the end you know, and it's just it's so sad and uh, Slade is like I, I like Slade so much more in uh, that version the best version of Slade we've ever gotten outside of the comics by the way that show and just the way he manipulates her like playing on her weaknesses and stuff as opposed to 
whatever their relationship is in this comic. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think I'm I'm with you on that. <laughs> like, I would have found that if they had been able to play it in the comic a little differently, like they set up, they fabricate this whole thing where she's like abducted by terrorists for some period of time. Like, I almost felt like she would have been more sympathetic if that actually had happened, and then Slade just takes advantage of it. Yeah, they they basically just wanted it to be that she was a psycho and she was evil, yeah. like because it, it's interesting. D- uh, DC writers have like uh, they've retconned it and retconned it back as to whether was she always crazy? Was it Slade who made her crazy? D- like it's it's so weird reading like the history of Terra. Like no writer can agree on what it was. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where they're like, you know, oh, this stuff is too taboo. We can't have it in the actual canon now. Um, Terror to me is I, like I had seen the um, the animated one, you know, here and there. I never watched it week to week because, uh, as good as it was, it's just the core characters, especially Beast Boy, and definitely Starfire, just annoyed the shit out of me. Like the first season is is more for kids and not so much on the story. And I was like, yeah, you know, Slade's cool, whatever. I'll get back to it. But I remember watching that, and I was like, "Wow, it's you know everything you said. She's um, an actual character. She's more like Raven." And um, so, Brendan posted a video in the chat. I was able to watch half of it because it was like right before this. And um, you know, they make a really good argument for how like she and Raven are, are at odds, and they're basically like two sides of the same coin. And whereas in the comic, it's like Raven's not even there. Raven is just doing her shit. And then they all get put on the wheel and like Raven is just passed out in her soul self. And like, you know, we need Nightwing to save us with Jericho because Raven is just, you know, in another yeah. storyline already. Yeah. If you, the first season of Teen Titans, yeah, definitely Kitty. But after that, they started adapting like new Teen Titans storylines. And I believe Wolfman even wrote a couple of them. They get so good. The The movie that concludes that series. Okay. I, I would say like it's top 15 comic book movies. Trouble in Tokyo. So good. Huh. Mm hmm. That I've never oh. seen. I'll have to yeah, I might have to go back and look for that too. Yeah. Um, I saw it go to the movie. Oh god, I will not watch that one again. And did, did anybody think that Tara would have been a big part of season three of Young Justice if the series would have continued back in the day? Yeah, that was so fucking weird. They're like, you know, we're setting up this great show. We're well, setting up Crisis, and uh, let's yeah. do Invasion. Well, white Martians. And there, there is a third. Everybody season loves of Young White Martians. You can watch it <laughs> with the fourth That's season true. coming. That's true. Yep. Yeah. Is there a Greg fourth one coming? Confirmed it, which I, I'm hyped. Was the third season any good? The first half is good. Second half it kind of meanders, but for me it's like I I would definitely argue like even season two of Young Justice story wise is like way below season one in my opinion, but like character and lore building mm-hmm. wise, it's my possibly my favorite DC animated universe. We've like even above. The Timverse, not in terms of storytelling, but in terms like the world they have set up. Like in, in Young Justice, the Bat family, for example, almost all of them exist and are active at the same time, which I just, I love. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the, and there's like four or five yeah, different Atlanteans. Like almost pop the up, entire Jeff nice class exists. Most of the new Teen Titans mm-hmm. exist, except for Donna, pretty much. And yeah, I just love how that world mm-hmm. is set up with everyone, almost everyone exists and is active. Yeah, yeah the, the roster was great. Well, it's just, yeah, like, I loved the first season of it. 
in the first half of the second season was going really well. Like it, they were setting up some really cool shit. And then it's like they found out that they weren't getting renewed for season three. So they had to close everything off in a hurry. And it just kind of, it's like, wait, wait, where, you didn't stick the landing, boys. Like, hmm. but yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch season three. So it's, I actually probably should get on that. I think it's on HBO yeah, Max somewhere, either. isn't it? Or it was it, it was done for everything DC it was is. done for DC Universe, I believe. Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. I thought it was Netflix. Not. Hopefully, it's Netflix because yeah. then I can watch it. They're not racist to Canadians like HBO is. For that. Yeah, neither yeah. do I. It's probably on some random cartoon channel that they're like, "Yeah, we've got the rights up here." <laughs> eh? Hmm. <laughs> so I guess since uh, you know you're the new one to all this, John, um, and you did go through the first forty issues, um, you know, going into it versus where you're leaving off now with Judas contract. How do you feel about the characters? Um, do you have any different mindsets than you did when you started, um, or just knowing about? I mean, I'm, I'm really one of the you know as i i've said repeatedly and i'm just gonna say it one more time you know my starting point for dc was new 52 and one of the one of the characters i liked almost immediately was nightwing right and i read yeah and i yeah, read a little bit of it prior but um i reading this gave me even more appreciation for that character too which you know because you obviously see how he gets to that um I know one of the things I thought was funny, and you guys had told me that this is just how how African American characters were written at this time. Every couple of days, I'd send one of you guys a message like, "Why does Vic sound like a '70s pimp?" Yeah, everybody that was black yeah. sounded like that pretty much back then. Like, think about it. Like every movie, Shaft, fucking like. That whole black exploitation yeah. thing that was real in comics, I mean, I, just I, as I much as cinema. The thing this did for yeah. me was, I mean, I have read, you know, I have read um, all the Titan stuff from New Fifty Two up to present. Uh, so, like, they've had like three or four series since then, and yeah. Oh, so you have read? Oh no, I, I have. That no is rough. No, I, I've read all that. Um, I definitely, yeah. especially coming off of like the Johns runs from. The regular yeah. universe. I definitely prefer killed. the uh, the rebirth stuff. You know, that started with Titans Hunt, and then that. <laughs> yep, and then that series yeah, with that the older great. ones that was just Titans, and then the other, the other team was like that group of younger kids led by Damien. Um, so seeing where a lot of the inspiration for a lot of that stuff came from, and like the creation of these characters like Cyborg, who, you know. I didn't necessarily, you know, they want you to believe if you've only read the New 52 that he was a founding Justice Leaguer, which no. even I knew then that he yeah. wasn't, but it, it was cool to see, like, where did this character actually come from? Um, one of the things I found interesting is I had no idea that the father actually died at one point during that. Because you know, I think he just starts to, like, not hate his father so much, and then he dies of cancer, like, immediately. Um, so yeah, this has actually inspired me to continue reading it and just, you know, and I think you guys know from the conversations we've had about comics, like once I start something, I've got that like completest brain. So I'm going to, 
Yep. So, yeah, you burn through well, things pretty quick. I just, you know, mm-hmm. once I start a series, it makes me want to like, oh, now I want to go back and read everything. <laughs> and like, that's why I have. That's yeah. why I took so long to get to DC because I looked at like Batman and Superman and like every one of their series was in like the 700s and I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> um, but I have been doing that too. But I mean, this, this reading this 40 issue one or whatever it was inspired me to go and continue forward with it. So. Yeah. It, uh, it's going to get better. Uh, you're still, believe it or not, you're pre-crisis and, uh, there will be a mention of crisis, and then you know, afterwards, it's the post-crisis world, and there'll be a, a bunch of changes, and you see how yeah. uh, seamless it all is. <laughs> the run keeps going. I mean, they're still reprinting the, the soft yeah. cover ones. They're yeah, yeah, they're on twelve now. Uh, once it gets into the nineties, it, it yeah, starts I'll probably to still read that stuff off. too, though. I have that yeah, that, that's the difference between this and Uncanny X-Men, I think, and why Uncanny is considered better. Uh, uh, Claremont definitely ends on a good note, and New Teen Titans, as much as I love it, Wolfman, you can just tell by the end, he's kind of just out of ideas, burned out, just you know, Perez has long been gone. Yeah. And what comes after him yeah, is fucking true. terrible. Yeah, and was it's really like, not revived until Jeff Johns, the graduation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I just I just read um yeah. I know they started a new Titan series uh with the whole Infinite Frontier thing, that Titans Academy. Where like the I haven't read that. It's the first issue wasn't great. It was a lot of setup and stuff, but it I had a little bit more uh more appreciation for it given what I'd been reading lately. And like all the, all the original New Teen Titans were like faculty members, and they all were in the same room. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Okay." So they're literally doing the X Men yeah. Academy fucking the, idea. I did see that book was bringing in a a certain character from the animated show that was an animated original. Yeah, that was. That, that, that was. That was. I was. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Like I heard everybody freaking out about that character, and I was like, I don't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh. Red what X. Oh, incredible storyline they do with uh, Dick Grayson in in the Teen Titans. Uh, season yeah, three, season wasn't three. It? Like Oz, I like including comics. I would say it's one of his best storylines. It is so good what they do with that. Yeah. So yeah, I think we pretty much hit everything we wanted to here. I do think there's if we want to like pad this out a little bit. I do think there's some room for some general DC talk, which is part, partly inspired by the name that Brendan used in here. Um, Josh, and I know you and I talked about this stuff a little bit uh, last time we did CW stuff, but uh, what are our thoughts on the cancellation of the New Gods and the Trench films? New Gods, not surprised. Uh, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy the Trench got canceled because it's literally just a gimmick. Like, it's the title and that's it, you know. It was fun in uh, three issues of Aquaman New Fifty Two. Yeah. They're they're sea monsters or you know creatures from the Black Lagoon monsters. Brendan, I thought uh, the fact that Ava DuVernay was involved with the New Gods one would at least get it made, and was not surprised when the trench went away because I was like, how are you even gonna get a movie out of that? See, now I, I'm the opposite. I I never thought New Gods was gonna happen. 
Like I was like, there's no way they're going to do it. They, in If it does happen, it'll just be whatever they do with the Eternals for Marvel. The Trench mm-hmm. didn't... I thought Aquaman, correct me if I'm wrong, it did make over a billion dollars. So I figured they just want to capitalize on that, give it its own spin-off for a quick cash grab while they while they wait for Aquaman 2 to finally come out. Yeah. I was figuring, though, if you're going to do a spinoff for that, like, do one about Zebel or something, not the mindless sea monsters. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get what they were going for with that. At no, all. What, what we need is a Dolph Lundgren, Willem Dafoe, Buddy Cop <laughs> underwater movie. Uh, I mean, we'll never know, but I'm very confident New Gods would not have been a good movie. Yeah. In fact... Well, no, yes, I would have loved to have yes. seen it though, especially after uh, Birds yeah. of Prey. Um, man, shit. Well, that's just it. DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing on film right now. Like, no, they have no clue. It's they're, they're spinning their wheels and they're going back to the safety of zone of Batman, Batman, Batman. They're praying like, that Batman uh, movie with the Twilight Kid does well, and then we'll see after that. Yeah. After that. But even still, like Joker wasn't right. that long ago. Suicide Squad, I guess they're going to fucking see what they well, got in that. But I mean, I mean, with Suicide Squad, I can't help I can't help thinking they're just hoping that James Gunn's name being on it will get them some degree of goodwill that the first one didn't. Yeah, but they had David Ayer. Yes. Was David yeah. Ayer the first one? Yep. Yeah, and I mean, he was a fairly decent director at the time. Not huge or anything. Not like Gunn, but I mean... We thought he was going to get well, to make his own movie, and <laughs> look what we got. I say, it's a release the air cut now, since what we got was definitely not his movie. Yeah, yeah started by white supremacist Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, the other thing I thought was worth bringing up is what does everybody think about the casting of Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, particularly you, Brent, being a JSA guy? I, He's not my first choice for Kent Nelson. But at least he's a good actor, so like, I'm I'm up for seeing what he's yeah, gonna do with cool. it. No, I was I was happy about that because I'm being a Bond person, and he was actually the first the Bond I started with, pretty much. Um, I was surprised they didn't go with a uh, Kalina uh, Sour, the the new Doctor Fate, who's been around since what twenty yeah really twenty thirteen fourteen. Yeah, I, I kind of thought they would do that. Somewhere I, I was there. surprised it wasn't Khalid, um when. Well, I mean, especially what movie Black was Adam. he coming in for? Black Adam. Yeah, so like, if they were trying to do the connection yeah, to like, he, yeah, because he, Khalid, he's Egyptian, right? I'm almost positive. I he think is. so. Yeah. Yeah, but like, even the original Nabu, like yeah. the sorcerer who ended up being locked into the helmet or whatever, like he was Egyptian. So like, Ooh. if they're going back to Black yeah. Adam, like you'd think they'd go yeah. that route. And I guess the last right? thing, I mean, they. But like, if if you could convince him to give half a shit, the best person for Kent Nelson right now might actually be Daniel Craig. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, there is that whole making him yeah. give a shit problem. <laughs> well, that's yeah. you got the Bruce Willis issue, right? Like, can we convince him to give a Did shit you? enough to actually be good, this guy, and not you, just you need uh, you need Daniel Craig yeah. from Defiant. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably exactly. get into that whenever we get to the. Assuming we're going to do the Bond movies in order, whenever we get to the Craig movies, oh when we do that, um, we'll get into his whole effort problem. 
I don't think it'll take that long. But, I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna do them twenty four in a row. So who knows? Um, yeah, that's about all. I oh, uh, what is what are our levels of excitement on the Black Adam movie? By the way, which did get another uh, release date shift in the last week or so. Not that high. I'm pretty excited about watching this old animated <laughs> Titans movie I just learned about. Uh, very excited for Shazam 2. Uh, Black Adam solo movie, not really. Yeah, why do we think they're doing it that way? Like, uh, Dwayne Johnson, Vanity Project. Yeah. Basically. I still think like the only reason that he was cast was so Marvel couldn't put him in a role. And they just stalled as long as they possibly could without actually yeah. having to honor yeah. that contract. I just want to see him, like, his Black Adam, like, I mean, Dwayne Johnson has to be, like, just, like, how ridiculous it'll look, him standing next to, like, Zachary Levi. <laughs> I think the other problem they have is, like, yeah. I mean, I love Zachary Levi. I thought that Shazam movie was great. It's probably my favorite DC thing of the last 15 years, movie-wise. Um, but if you make... And I know uh, Dwayne Johnson took the Black Adam role because they initially offered him Shazam, and he was like, "Oh no, Black Adam's way more interesting." Um, if you isn't he instantly going to be the one that everybody roots for though? Because like, as good as Shazam was, and I don't know if everybody thinks like I do, but isn't I mean, there's what Dwayne Johnson has way more of a fan base than fucking Zachary Levi. <laughs> Yeah, but he True. knows how to play heel. Yeah, and he'll definitely be an anti-hero yeah. of some kind in that yeah. movie. I just there's no way he's a villain straight up. I wonder if they gave it if they partly they wanted to do this solo movie for him just so they could stretch it out to Shazam three before he had to go up against Levi. Well, it'll probably be like somewhat ripping from the Jeff Johns run where like Back in the day, he was actually a good dude, and then the reasons why he fucking went evil were kind of like almost justifiable yep. in his yeah, time I frame. Think yeah, I, I think right? they definitely do that. Yep. And I could see, or I don't think I could see, but I would really want them to do. Have any of you guys ever seen a? It's not a full length feature film. It's like a twenty five thirty minute short film. Superman Shazam: The Return of Black Adam. Yep. That I really yes. like that. Yep. If they were to do that live action, I could, I'd be down for that. I guess the question would be: Do you get Cavill or just a different Superman? Since no one knows what's well, up with him. This is what DC's problem is right now. Like, what what are you doing? Are you going to go with the Snyderverse? Or are you going to go away from the Snyderverse and start over? Like, what's your I play, like, DC? What's I'd your like play? To see Cavill get a real shot, like out outside of the... So would I. Like, yeah. he's a decent actor. Yeah. He's got the look. He just needs a... Let's see what he can do with a he just, good he's script. Never, well, that's just it. He's never been written as Superman, so it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, it's all his fault, when it's really just what he's working yeah. with. Like, Oh, the other thing I did see was that Helen Mirren was cast as a... I assume as the villain of Shazam 2. No, there's... A, Mr. No. Mind? <laughs> <laughs> some some uh, being fucking or, amazing. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, who is it? Oh, I, I, Spera? Hespera, yes. Is that how yes. you say it? Yes. 
Um, I mean, uh, DC's magic is kind of it goes all over the place, so it's I don't know yeah, if that's a good choice or not because I really have no exactly idea. Who the, I punch her in the face. I know. Like, I, know. Be like, I, know. I think they'll avoid that. But um, yeah, so I mean that's kind of where everything seems to be DC wise. Josh and I are still plugging away with the CW stuff. Uh, some weeks are better than others. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week we there's nothing. On I'm all for just. Flash. We are the flash. I'm all for just kicking it to next week, and you know, because it would be what, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I could tell okay, everyone we'll, we'll about my about favorite that. Flash. Oh, I should also mention, uh, we are recording this on uh, Monday, April the 5th, which also happens to be Mr. Perry's birthday. So happy yeah. birthday to you, sir. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I would say we're. Uh, I would think we're about done with this one, unless there's anything else somebody wants to throw in. No. Um, no, I would just say you know if you haven't read the. Uh, oh, definitely. Absolutely. I'm going to go it. back it's and read it. more of it now. Uh huh. <laughs> And and legitimately, like if you're into just watching like a couple of seasons of a TV show, there's any of the cartoons are worth watching. Like like Brendan said, the first season of the fucking the CW cartoon starts off a bit kitty, but you get into some really good stories in the next two seasons. Titans was solid, yeah. and yeah, even some of the animated movies. Like I'm not a yeah. fan of the lineups that they're using for the stories, but like they're not the oh, worst one other that I've thing seen. Has, uh... Have any of you, Sorry. and I haven't, so I was just wondering if um, there are any other opinions on this. Have any of you guys watched the DC Universe show? No. Uh, no. I, I saw that trailer and no the, the fuck Batman? Fuck, <laughs> fuck Batman and Nightwing killing like three people. I did see, it did give us like Donna Troy. For yeah, me, no, I, I, I watched. She's actually uh, in something for once. Uh, oh. Yeah, and then they killed her. Rip. Yeah, I, I will probably at some point at least take a look at it. But I was curious, you know. That, that show looks like straight out of like a two thousands music video to me. Hmm. Okay, so uh, mm. thank you for joining me, boys. A couple of us will be reconvening shortly to uh, review Godzilla versus Kong. Oh um, yeah. Yep. I will not. <laughs> so thank you for joining us, Brent. Uh, no problem. See you next time around. <laughs> Enoch shook. Do you still have a roof? <laughs> I'm going to check the news, man. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be like a 40-foot Brendan somewhere on fucking TV. <laughs> <laughs>